bottom of the column news, our panel of experts, and the Swirl Master 2000, all part of Kwame and Company on 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. Why, thank you, Rick. And this is the uh, third podcast ever for Kwame and Company, number three. Who knows? Someday we might be in double digits. Someday. (laughs) About seven days from now. (laughs) Yeah, right after we do our ninth one. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Good point. Good plan, Randy. All right. uh, uh, Well, Rick mentioned bottom of the column news, so here we go. This is from uh, the Multnomah County Public Library in Portland, Oregon. They recently got a first edition of George Orwell's 1984 book, uh, Return to the Library, 65 years late. Oops. Well, that was nice that they brought it back. Yes. UPI reported that the uh, public library there in Portland uh, received uh, the return from an 86-year-old patron. Found okay. it in her kid's bedroom when she cleaned it out. Well, you know, <laughs> that, that would be a possibility. <laughs> the patron attached a note to the book explaining that they meant to return it in 1958 <laughs> after checking it out as a Portland State University student, but never got around to it. <laughs> Talk about exciting timing. The library just went fine-free. I think that oh, might have oh, something oh. to do with it. <laughs> nice. Even four cents a day for uh, eight, 65 years starts to mount up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. okay. that's, a, that's a good bottom-of-the-column news story. I would be afraid to... I mean, they, at that point, didn't they... Um, they used to make us pay for the book if you didn't return it. Like at some point yes, you just get yes. charged for the book. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, well, a first edition George Orwell, that wouldn't have been cheap either. No. <laughs> See, that's why I was careful never to check a book out of a library. Yes. I never See, to oh, good, yeah. good job, Randy. Good for you. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, talk about being conscientious. Mm-hmm. All right, here's one more. Uh, this is, uh, uh, let's see here. I'm always looking for the best bottom of the column news. Because <laughs> there is worse ones that yeah, we, well, we there could are. use. Oh, yeah, they're yeah, much worse. Yeah. Once in a while, <laughs> my standards slip, but not this and time. And now the best of the worst. Yeah. This is not just bottom of the column. This is sludge at the bottom. <laughs> right. All right. This is from Thailand. I don't know if we've ever had bottom of the column news from Thailand. Just Hard to say. Starting back here. Yep. From theater goers in Thailand have a new pet-friendly place to bring their furry friends. This comes from Yahoo News. Some. <laughs> Sorry, with the look on my face, they yes. just. <laughs> yes, that was. You know, it doesn't matter if it's totally credible. If you have a name Yahoo News, yeah. it just kind of loses some of its, um, I yeah. don't know, luster there. Yeah, news well, director. he says, uh, like he says, pet fr- like. It's a theater, and then it says pet friendly, and the look on my face, I guess, said it all because oh, I was like, no. "You got to be kidding me!" Because yeah. that's what we need. This is from the country's largest movie chain, Major Cineplex Group. They started offering weekend showtimes for patrons who want to bring Fluffy or Fido with them. Because what dog doesn't want to see a movie? Well, they do watch movies, and uh, yeah, or cats, of course. A- and they know the difference between seeing one in a theater. And at home. I yeah. mean, they can really appreciate the surround sound and the big screen. Well, you know what? My dog likes Cynodyme. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Cynodyme, and her, she, her head perks up yeah, a little yeah. more. Yeah, uh-huh, I'm sure. And, yeah. Of course, there's a catch. Mm. And that's basically what this story is about the okay. catch. Uh, pets must weigh under 11 pounds, 
<laughs> and either wear a diaper or be kept in a carrier. <laughs> Visitors turned out in droves for a pet welcoming showing of the Little Mermaid. And they had, uh, what do they call it when people dress up? Uh, cosplaying? Is that a Cosplay? Pre- cosplay. Mm-hmm. They had a deal for the creature cosplay. Oh. As, uh, Sebastian the Crab and Ariel the Mermaid. So can you imagine? All Here's the dogs a, dressed up as characters from The Little yeah, Mermaid? Pekingese with a mermaid <laughs> tail. Uh, anyway, not everybody's a fan, however. As one former resident said, apparently this person was so disgusted they moved away. <laughs> One former resident said, it's so ridiculous. Dogs are not allowed in most Bangkok parks, but they can go in a movie or a cafe. Disgust. That's my disgusted patron voice. (laughs) So ridiculous. (laughs) So ridiculous. Well, maybe they'd allow them in the parks if they had those diapers on. Well, maybe. Or leave them in the cage, which would kind of defeat the whole... There's basically one reason you bring a dog to a park, and it doesn't involve diapers or cages. I cannot remember where we were, but there was somebody with a stroller, like a pretty fancy stroller with a little dog inside of it. Yeah, oh yeah. And Wes was making fun of me, saying that when I was old, and after he just passed away and I was all by myself, I would have a little dog in in a stroller. There we go. And that's how, I'm like, nope. That dog's walking on its own. Yeah. I will have a little dog, I'm sure. Yeah. But it will be walking on its own. That is if he dies before I do. So. Okay. Well. But. As long as we're making hypotheticals plans. here, I... isn't there? What was that? A lot of hypotheticals yeah, here. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, our, our last dog. Uh, and now I'm getting mixed up here. Not Millie. Uh, Stella. Oh, Stella. Stella. Yeah. Was a, a little Yorkie. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed having a, I didn't know that I'd like it, but they've got a lot of personality, those Yorkies. They do. And uh, Val finally couldn't take it anymore because she did not want to go potty where she was supposed to go potty. (laughs) Sure. So we told the grandkids, uh, yeah, no, Stella doesn't live with us anymore. She's pursuing a modeling career in New York. (laughs) And, oh, okay. I think they bought it. some tall tales. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I probably will always stick with golden doodles, but it'll probably be a miniature golden a miniature. doodle by that time. Are, I, I don't need one that can knock me though. over when I'm old. Well, no. So, unless you have a walker all the time, a doggy walker to keep yourself getting knocked over. Sure. Yeah. All right. The cat advocate was going to say something, but uh, Randy, what were you going to say there? Oh, no, I was not going to say anything. Oh. I was just listening in to the conversation about dogs. I don't have a lot to add about the dog situation. So. Mm. <laughs> See if we can find a cat bottom of the column news story next time. Uh, this is Kwame and Company podcast, and in just a moment, we'll have a focus on Ukraine again with uh, Pastor Igor Vandura from the Baptist churches in Ukraine that have put together sort of an emergency network of, of churches to help the people that are in dire needs. And uh, with real practical things, like even uh, a place to charge your cell phone, because the mm. power can be out. They, the Russians have taken out 60% of the power. So you're going to have problems, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, a water supply, a place to stay if you're uh, uh, forced out of your home. They're doing a lot of good work there. And then Mike Johnson is the president of the Slavic Gospel Association. I call him Mike. It's really Michael. But uh, they'll be joining us in just a moment here. Okay. All right. 
Yeah. You know, I sit here in the newsroom and it's like, oh, I'm a little warm today. You know, and you think around the world, there's people that are suffering so much right now. That's right. Because of the evil in this in this world. So we need to be praying for those folks in Ukraine, especially our brothers and sisters, of course, in Christ. 91.5 and 102.7, the word. Uh, our, our word is, uh, our radio station is known as the word because we put such a high value on God's word. And so does Dirk Smith, our guest, because you, you work with distribution of God's word. Yes, I do. Uh, Phil, it's great to be with you. Yeah, I'm with EEM. Uh, used to stand for Eastern European Mission. Now yeah. we just kind of go by EEM because there's a lot of places that we work that are not Eastern Europe. But uh, we started in the 60s as Bible smugglers. And now today we publish, print, and distribute Bibles and Bible-based materials into 30-plus different countries, 20-plus different languages, all free of charge. And and so where where are your Bibles printed, and how do you make the connection then? Yeah, great question. Uh, We believe in creating economies. So when we're distributing in Ukraine, for example, we are printing in Ukraine. So when we're... Uh, distributing in the Balkans, we're printing in the Balkans. So we have local areas. We believe in uh, putting their people to work, and they they need the jobs. And uh, obviously, it's a cost saving too because we save on import tax and some of those issues. But yeah, everything is by request. These are requests that are coming in. We don't uh, we don't operate on a push mentality of hey let's let's shove it on people. It's it's requests people asking for God's word who are doing evangelistic work on the ground. So supporters are are paying for the the production costs and then the Bibles and the other material are free to the people using them. Absolutely. Yeah, we are 100 percent supported by donors. So our our uh, our distribution last year, which listeners may be interested in in hearing that uh, God's word is is being requested. Our distribution last year increased 28 percent in one year. Yeah, 28 percent. And, uh, you know, I tell my team. I refuse to believe in a God who's going to open the doors up over there and not open the storehouses up over here. And uh, so in God-like manner, he uh, provided a 25% increase in our giving last year. But, uh, you know, we still have projects that are sidelined solely because of not enough funding. Uh, and, and we rose, I mean, we, we've increased substantially. We had a nice increase in our donor base, but we have great supporters uh, around, around the U.S. Uh, it's a price point that anybody can get in on. $5 provides somebody with a Bible. We're in the midst of a, of a campaign right now called Bibles for Kids, which is a focus on our children's and teen Bibles. So it's for the purpose of supplying 560,000 children's and teen Bibles wow. in 20 different languages. Yeah. We have a group of donors who have stepped up who have said, hey, we'll match everybody's gift. So you, you give $5 instead of providing one Bible, you've just provided two. Yeah. So how can our listeners get a uh, get a piece of that action? <laughs> yeah, they can, yeah, they can go to our website eem.org and they'll see Bibles for Kids banner right at the top. They can click on that and they can learn all about it. They can read, there's videos. Uh, we have a lot of good information on our website to to provide for uh, for people. But yeah, it's a great way to I mean, as I tell people, we're in the parable of the sower business. And uh, this is really good soil. Yeah. It has been churned up. Yeah. And uh, we're we're watching the growth take place uh, just you know, one nation that seems to, unfortunately, it's not in the news as much as it should be is Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, that's, it's unbelievably good soil. I mean, look at what's happening. I mean, they want solid ground to stand down on. And they're, the believers there are absolutely, Phil, I mean, absolutely encouraging. I, I look at them and they inspire me yeah. with, uh, with their resolve and their dedication. They are all in disciples. 
Dirk Smith is our guest. Dirk, what's the address again for people to get in touch with you and to help with the fundraising? Yeah, it's eem.org. So eem.org, they can uh, go to that website and uh, find out everything they need to. Kwame and Company, focusing on closet vision, comfort food, pirates on the prairie, and Pat's gut. It lifts me up when I'm having a bad day. It energizes me and just helps me get through the day. Thanks. Well, isn't that nice? This is Kwame and Company podcast, volume number three. Three. (laughs) So we're experienced now. (laughs) We totally know what we're doing. Yeah. I'm Phil, Amy's here, Randy's in the newsroom, and uh, I don't know if you guys heard the other morning on the radio program then, we had my friend Jerry with his, his thoughts about, well, he titled this column, Your Mission Should You Accept It? And he, he's talking about writing a personal mission statement. Mm. And I think he's got some uh, some good thoughts here. Let me read part of this and then we can react to it. Uh, as a Dale Carnegie course instructor for many years, now that's not me, that's Jerry. Jerry speaking, yeah. I learned that problem solving begins with identifying the problem. Most of the time, people skip right to the solution, whatever they can come up with, and as soon as possible. It usually doesn't end well. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the best way to spend a lot of time uh, is to spend a lot of time trying to define the problem for which you're trying to solve. The same goes through for adding meaning in life. What is the goal for killing ourselves to accomplish something? Do we really want it? Uh, Is it all about the money? And Jerry says in parentheses, spoiler alert, it rarely is. So here's a mission statement uh, where a mission statement comes in. Uh, Just come up, try to come up with three things, according to Jerry's advice here, three phrases and not a whole sentence, but just a phrase. Okay. So it's easily memorable. And here's Jerry's mission statement, just three phrases. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. All right. So ready. Number one, empower young people. Mm-hmm. Number two, promote truth-telling. And number three, support mu- media and music. And for, for number one, now this is Jerry speaking, uh, for number one, empower young people. I could have said teach college as I I do at NYU, but empowering young people is a whole lot more challenging. It makes me focus on the real picture. I think that's right. It gets, it's not just the, what do you do? It's what are you trying to do? What's your mission? Okay. Number two, promote truth telling. He said, I I could have said, expose greedy media companies who would deprive musicians of making a living, but (laughs) to promote truth telling is a bigger payoff for everyone. And finally, Number three, support media and music. I could have said, uh, write about media and music, but as uh, I'd soon get bored because the real challenge is to keep those in power honest and to hold them to accountable for their actions. So Jerry says, your mission, should you accept it, is to put together a memorable mission statement. You'll never veer off course and your time will be wisely spent. So I, I'm not commenting on, I don't want to comment on his mission statements. I think they're good ones, mm-hmm. especially for a college professor and somebody involved in the media. Sure. But uh, as individuals and as believers in Christ, you know, God puts certain burdens on our hearts and to identify that and turn it into a mission statement. So you, 
you know, you don't have to be all things to all people. You can focus on what God has given you as your uh, particular uh, bent. Well, it's always a good reminder of where you're, where you're going and where you're heading and what, what you feel like. Because I don't know if you're like me, I forget things. Mm-hmm. It could be a week has passed and I'm like, what was it that I was, you know, what, what was the Holy Spirit really laying on my heart then? And yeah. How did I feel at the time? And what, what exactly did it encompass? Right. If I don't write it down, I will forget it or do it right away. Yeah. Do something about it. You know, as long as I'm starting on it, then I usually will remember, but. Well, if you don't have a focus in mind, that is probably God given focus. You end up, well, uh, getting to the mundane. Well, I, uh, my mission is to make enough money so I can eat and feed my family. Well, <laughs> no, that's, that's how you survive. That's, that's not, does this resonate with you at all, Randy? Yeah. I mean, uh, it was a little complex what was shared from Jerry and what Amy said, uh, I forget things too. So I kind of think to myself, it's more for me like about uh, receiving my daily manna. Uh, I ask God regularly to provide me with opportunities each day uh, to share my faith or to reach out and help people in the name of Jesus. Um, Also, I pray regularly daily for him to help me with my priorities because there are so many different directions you can go. And it's like, what's the most effective way that I can serve the kingdom today? So it's kind of a daily manna thing for me. Yeah. Well, I, I I still think it's a good idea to to try to focus in on uh, like oh well, I don't know I'm going to try and write you guys a mission statement that doesn't make <laughs> sense but I'll give it a whirl anyway. Uh, so, well, let's see for Randy to uh, 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 search for for truth in the, uh, how God is acting in the world around us and communicate it to our listeners mm-hmm. or, or 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 Amy could to to pass on uh, the love of music to a new generation of young people, you know, or I don't know. There you go. But, but otherwise it's just like, it's so easy that, Oh, 40 years went by. Now what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but the um, mission statement continues, could continue for a lifetime might change a little bit. once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when it comes to my, uh, my job as the news director with our radio stations, it's kind of like, I want to share the small T truth to reveal the capital T truth, you know, God's word. And also I want to tell the rest of the story because so much in the secular media, I just hear it and I go, please tell the rest of the story, Yeah, you know? Well, and those are things that you can do in your daily life beyond what you do at the radio station. That can mm-hmm. be how you react to people on a daily basis. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, taking it beyond the, the uh, headline. Well, all right. So that's Jerry and the mission statement. Let's uh, let's go back to more of a discussion about what's going on in Ukraine with uh, Pastor Igor and Michael Johnson. And if you'd uh, like to find out more, the website is uh, just search for Slavic Gospel Association or SGA, Slavic Gospel Association on the old Google, and you'll run into all kinds of information about what they're doing in Ukraine. 91.5 and 102.7, the word. Pastor Igor Bandura is with us, Vice President of Ukrainian Baptist Union, and Michael Johnson, President of the Slavic Gospel Association. And I'm just honored to be in your presence, gentlemen. Thank you for the time that you're giving to our listeners in Minnesota. 
Thank you for giving us this morning time to share about Ukraine and Slavic Gospel Association. Yeah. Well, well it, we've we've talked to representatives of the Slavic Gospel Association before, but uh, this is a, a very important time for your ministry, isn't it? Our ministry was established in 1934 uh, by a man named Peter Danica. Uh, we, for many years, were uh, serving the, the churches in Russia through the covert distribution of Bibles and Christian literature, as well as radio ministry. But when the wall came down, we shifted our strategy, and basically our ministry is about serving the churches of the Baptist Union in their efforts to reach their nations for Christ in the areas of training, theological training, sponsoring church planters, and equipping them for ministry. And so so with regard to the war, uh, the equipping part of our ministry is really quite important because... Uh, when the war started, we were in discussions with the leadership of the Ukrainian Baptist Union, uh, talking about you know the inevitability of the of, of the invasion and how we would respond. So we established infrastructure to be able to get funds to churches in strategic locations as people were displaced and moving their way th- moving their way through Ukraine to uh, exit the country in Eastern Europe and really lifting the churches up in those communities to be lights of hope uh, for these people who have lost everything. And so that strategy has continued on in a variety of different ways, whether it be generators or food or clothing or, you know, or, you know, or solar-powered charging stations yeah, so wow. people can come and charge their phones. Uh, and so basically the churches are the center of, of activity, and many, many people are coming to faith in Christ as a result of this because of their acts of mercy. Yeah. And uh, God is... Um, there's another side of the story that is a very positive side in the midst of all the um, uh, negative things that are taking place as a result of the war. So I invited Igor to come with me, and, yeah. and he's uh, sharing his story, and, um, and um, he's just a wonderful brother and a wonderful individual. Well, Pastor, I, I read that you represent uh, 2,000 churches in Ukraine. In our Baptist Union of Ukraine, there are 2,300 uh, churches. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, we lost about 230 churches because of the war and the occupied territories. Mm-hmm. And there are different reasons, but the main one, people have to flee and leave everything, leave their homes, churches, their work, everything yeah. that was consistent for uh, consist their life and had to flee to save their life. But God is still good and new churches are planted in Ukraine. And we hope one day we would... We get our territories back and restore our churches. Yeah. Well, well, tell us about the centers of hope for those needing uh, uh, refuge in Ukraine. You know, th- that idea uh, came to our mind when Michael and myself, we discussed how we can help our churches uh, to survive over winter because Russia started to destroy our electrical uh, system and they were successful. They destroyed 60% of all uh, electrical generation and we had huge problems. We have blackout, we we have uh, weeks and months when maybe we have just one hour uh, a day yeah. electricity to do something. So the idea was how we can equip our churches uh, to survive over winter but also to serve to people. And then so we came with the idea with wood, a comb, generators, uh, just to make our churches centers of heat and hope. This is, we use that motto, heat and hope. You may come, find heat, place, but you can also have fellowship, prayer, Bible reading, and you can find hope and salvation in Jesus Christ. So this is how we motivated our churches to be active, to be present, to serve people, to be centers of heat and hope. 
We were just talking to Dirk Smith distributing Bibles in Ukraine and other parts of, of Eastern Europe. And uh, his message was that the soil is prepared in Ukraine and other countries in your region to receive the gospel. Yes, it is, it is so. Before the war, we believed that uh, there is a Bible almost in every single home. But can you imagine 14 millions of Ukrainians have to leave their places? And 8 millions, mainly women and children, have to leave the country and spread all uh, across Europe. And some even come to the United States and Canada. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, not many people took uh, the copy of the Bible to their uh, small uh, back when they had to leave and just take what is the most important. So there was a great need again in New Testament and Bibles. And uh, we we are glad that our churches can distribute New Testament and Bibles to bring the Word of God to the front line, to our soldiers. Yes, there is a great, great need and people are very uh, open to the Word of God. Uh, Michael Johnson is with us, president of the Slavic Gospel Association, and Pastor Igor, Igor Bandera, uh, uh, vice president of the Ukrainian Baptist Union. And uh, Michael, how can our listeners help? Uh, how would you direct them? Well, first of all, I just want to say that uh, my favorite verse when it comes to our ministry is found in John 4, 37, 38, where Jesus says, For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. So our ministry has the wonderful opportunity to enter into the labor of these faithful churches and these faithful Christians, churches that were persecuted for many, many years under communism, churches who lost their pastors and fathers and brothers in the persecution. So the churches there are being built upon a foundation of great sacrifice and basically the blood of the martyrs. So so we, so we love these folks, uh, we serve these folks, and we just uh, have counted a privilege to enter into their labor. And we want to give Christians all around America, churches all around America, opportunities to enter into their labor through the Slavic Gospel Association because God is doing wonderful work through these faithful brothers and sisters. So come to our website, sga.org, and uh, you can see a variety of ways in which you can, you can, um, you can be involved in the ministry through prayer and financial support. What's on Randy's wall of predictions? They're all notarized. Some have been extended by years, and all are wildly optimistic. All part of Kwame and Company on 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. That could be part of your mission statement, Randy. Not an to be, exaggeration to be either. Wildly Wild optimistic, optimistic for Minnesota teams, <laughs> yeah. whether they be hockey, football, baseball. Baseball, yeah. Even soccer. <laughs> uh, looking at those predictions, I should be uh, like the late Sid Hartman, you know. Is it, yeah. You jerks, you geniuses. I said the Vikings might win the Super Bowl this year. I yeah. didn't say they would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Selective Hartman. listeners, you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy, that brings back memories, doesn't it? Well, this is the Kwame and Company podcast. And one of the things that we talk about every day on the radio program is the need for our listener uh, funding. And, uh, you know, actually, if uh, if we don't get help from our listener for another year broadcasting, another year podcasting, it uh, gets the kibosh put on that as well. <laughs> We're not, not much need if the, there is no actual Kwame company. Yeah, that that everything would sort of wind down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, we're we're in the fundraising That's pretty season extreme. here. Yeah. That is pretty extreme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we're bringing the need to you every year, and, mm-hmm. and this year it's a, a little bit up because inflation is a whole lot up. I don't know. What do you think, Randy? Uh, for a while, we were at eight percent inflation. I think it could t- touch nine for a while. Maybe it's back down to eight, but uh, still, that's that's high. Highest it's been in forty years. Now it has come down closer to four. Oh, really? So I mean, it has improved quite a bit, but that's still you know higher than they want it to be. Uh, obviously. Yeah. Hopefully, it, they they'd love it to be around two, but. Uh, and that's the rate of inflation. The prices don't come down. That's Mm-mm. inflating higher than it already is. Right. So mm-hmm. it's, if prices are easily 10, 12% higher than last year at this time. Yeah. yeah. Affecting everybody. Yeah. So, uh, with that in mind, our, our, uh, giving goal this year has gone up to $510,000, which I think it was. Right around 500 last year, wasn't it? 475. 470. Oh, is that right? Well, the board looked at the numbers and they came up with 510. So, yeah, Yeah. that's what we're going with. And that's uh, uh, reflected in what things cost. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, we would would love for for your assistance in this as as you can look back and say, how has the word helped me in the last year? And do I want this to continue? And maybe a, a dollar a day, $30 a month, that's close to a half-day sponsorship. So you maybe. might as well just bump it up to the 33, 34 a month and sponsor go. half a day. Yeah, yeah. Then you get a little announcement on the air. Mm-hmm. Four. Four little four, announcements. Uh, yeah, four little announcements. <laughs> One announcement, four and times. Yes. And that's 400 for the year, right? $400 for the year if it's you yes. a half day? For yep. a half and day. 800 gives you a full day? Mm-hmm. And you can sponsor either of those and pick out a day by going to the word.mn and clicking on support. Now, monthly, let me see if I can do this complex math in my head. Monthly, uh, a full day sponsorship is $66.67 every Correct. month. Okay. Ho, ho. All right. So if you're listening to the podcast, you have a different number to, to contact us or different ways to, do you have to do it differently to make a, a donation? I do not think so. I still think the word dot MN will work. will work. Yeah. Or calling the station 218 568 4422. 91.5 and 102.7 the word. We're talking about parenting in the summertime when the living's easy. John uh, Joni uh, DeBrito is with us from Focus on the Family. I always think of that song, Summertime and the Living's Easy. And it, <laughs> it doesn't always seem that way when you're parenting kids. Right, right. And I know that uh, often parents will kind of throw caution to the wind and just say, it's summer, you can do whatever you want to. We definitely do need relaxation and downtime. All of us need that. We need that to relieve stress. We need that to replenish and so forth. But kids also really continue to need structure and routine so that they're ready for that when they go back into school. So what I suggest is either... You have some times during the day, you'll say, hey, 2 o'clock in the afternoon is going to be the hour for relaxation, downtime, uh, 2 to 4 o'clock or something like that. Or maybe you have a day during the week. Or some people will actually go all out and they have kind of like a vacation week, almost a staycation, where they're not necessarily going anywhere else. They're staying at home. But what makes the staying at home fun is that all the rules are thrown out. Obviously, the rules you can throw out. I mean, you're not going to throw out rules such as you can't beat up your siblings kind yeah. of thing. The Ten Commandments um, are still in yeah. action. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, but <laughs> it could be where 
they can get up when they want. They can go to bed when they want. They don't have to um, uh, get dressed all day if they don't want to. And maybe you do that for a week. And so it's a little bit of relaxation and downtime. Sometimes people will do that. That can work well because it's just an exception as opposed to the typical schedule. You don't want to do so much relaxation and downtime that they forget about the fact that they're going to have to hit the ground running when school starts and be organized and get things done. You want to keep them thinking about daily routine and so forth. But it is okay to do that and to have some of those times. You know, I don't know if they do it anymore in Europe, but I know it used to be when I would travel to Europe a couple of times I had been over there um, many years ago, and then more recently, I didn't have a chance to observe. But, you know, they had this thing called the siesta during the day. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, all of the banks and the businesses and everything would close. I think it was from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Sure. Everything would just close. Yeah. And everyone would relax. Yeah. And, um, you know, statistics show that they didn't have any trouble being just as productive as we were in America, working eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, whatever. In fact, it showed the opposite. Information showed the opposite, that they were actually very productive and that relaxation time was actually really important in the middle of the day. So you could do something like that with your children, have certain times during the day where you say, okay, it's just time to relax and you know you don't have it to do anything. But I would say also, if you're having that relaxation and downtime, probably not the best time for them to use their downtime to be on those devices. Right. Like what we talked to a couple about right. a couple of days ago. Right. I, I, there's always that balancing act, isn't it? The educators often say, and I saw a news story just last week, how kids lose, uh, you know, I don't yeah. know, the 30% of their learning from the past school year over the summertime. And wouldn't it be uh-huh. better to, to uh, go straight through or, or something like that. But right. then on the other hand, without that time to, to take the break, to process, to just lay on your back and look at the clouds go by, uh-huh. uh, you also uh, run the risk of burnout and becoming ineffective. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yes, I think that's true. What's great is that parents can do a lot to keep that learning going through the summer, and yeah. it doesn't require investing a lot of money in new uh, resources or equipment. I mean, you can do that if you want to, but you don't have to because many people don't have extra money to do that in the summer. The summer so, reading program at the library. Yes, reading programs at the library, yeah. or maybe you either check out the library or you purchase a book series. Um, kids who like to read, and many of them do, um, they love to get involved in those series that they don't have quite as much time to delve into during the school year. Yeah. The other thing is you can make an educational pursuit out of anything. So if you're paying attention at the end of the year as to what your kids have been studying in school, you can include those kinds of things in the things that you are doing. So okay. um, if you are building something with a child during the summer or whatever, and he or she has been studying geometry, get that kid to calculate the uh, angles and figure out angles of different things that you're building or figure out how much wood is needed out of this big piece. uh, Let's say you take a big piece of wood and you say, we're going to build these dimensions and how many pieces can we get out of this piece of wood? Those kinds of things are going to help them with their math skills or making change in the summer when they have a lemonade stand or what have you. So maybe you go on a hike and they take their phone along and they take pictures of 
different species. They see little ants or bugs or, or different trees or bushes or whatever, and then they come home and they research and find out, what was that? Oh, that was a columbine or that was a, that was a, a patch of poison ivy or, yeah. you know, whatever. And so you can incorporate that learning that they've been doing during the school year in every way. If you just kind of stop and think, well, how could I make this a learning experience? Right. Sort of stealth uh, homeschooling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like that, yes. yeah. Well, uh, if you're just joining us, Joni DeBrito is, is with us, a uh, licensed counselor with Focus on the Family. And uh, we've been talking about, uh, well, uh, the, the issues with kids in the summertime and how to keep the kids healthy and active all summer long. Uh, the Focus on the Family website is such a source for all kinds of information. Yes, it is. And the other thing that's available is that if parents have concerns about their children during the summer, yeah. whether it be a parenting concern or a mental health concern or maybe a friend or bullying concern, they can contact Focus on the Family at 855-771-4357, and that's Monday through Friday from 8 a.m., excuse me, from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So you can adjust according to Central Standard and other other time zones. You guys yeah. are in Central Time Zone, yep. correct? Yep. So for you, it would be 7 to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday. Cool. And um, they will reach a representative, and they can request to talk with a counselor on staff at Focus on the Family and consult with that counselor about any concerns that they might have. That's and your whole bailiwick, is, isn't it? That's cool. It's really great. They'll call, they'll get a representative, they'll give their contact information, and then a counselor will call back within 24 to 48 business hours. Nice. So, and then you can talk for an hour um, and uh, really get some information and pick the brains of a, a counselor. All of our counselors are licensed professionals who also adhere to an evangelical statement of faith. Nice. So that's 855-771. What were the last four digits? Four three five seven, which just happens to spell out the word help. Oh, you guys, you're thinking ahead here. All there right. You go. Well, there it is. Podcast number three in the record books. Woo! Where are we going to keep these? You can't keep them on a shelf. They're just. It's uh, not like a real record. No, it's it's in the. Uh, Phil's getting the wild web. with his hands again. Yeah, running into mics and. <laughs> It's in the internet. <laughs> Flings his arms up in the air. As all this everything stuff around him. put into the cloud, does the cloud get heavier? I think so. I think eventually we lose everything that's in the cloud. It all comes crashing down. <laughs> yep. Oh. Okay, that's pretty esoteric But for stuff now, there. it's there. But for now, okay. Well, they, they do have that expression, they're in the can. Now you can decide which can we're talking about. The garbage can? Uh, yeah, yeah right. Hopefully not the garbage can. I hope no, not. But, yeah. No, no. <laughs> well, podcast number four will feature more on the situation in Ukraine. And we'll probably find some more bottom of the column news. And who knows, maybe even a, a pet story or two. Ooh. Maybe something you can advocate as the cat advocate, Randy. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't count on that, but you never know. <laughs> Thanks for being with us on Kwame and Company Podcast number three.